0: This is Digital Health Today, episode 49.
1: You think about connecting your own brain activity to a floating brain in front of you can really teach you quite a bit. Imagine the potential to teach people and to uh, display in a graphic way, Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or contusions, concussions. You know, the potential is only limited by how creative we can be.
0: Welcome to Digital Health Today, the podcast focused on the leaders, innovators, and technologies transforming healthcare today and tomorrow. Find us online at digitalhealthtoday.com. This episode is brought to you by Doc SF, the digital orthopedic conference bridging digital health and clinical orthopedics. Doc SF will be held in San Francisco on Sunday, January 7th, 2018. Join world class leaders in healthcare in this jam packed meeting and enjoy a 30% discount. Just visit DocSF.org and use discount code DHT30. That's DocSF.org and use discount code DHT30. Welcome back. This is Digital Health Today, the place to be to get the insights of leaders working to make the healthcare of tomorrow available today. I'm your host, Dan Kendall, and this is episode 49. Today, we're going to talk about solutions being powered by augmented and virtual reality. It wasn't that long ago that holograms and immersive environments were only found in Hollywood science fiction. But the technology is now finding its way into everything from video games and movie theaters to operating rooms in the inpatient setting. As the cost of hardware and software drops and handset capabilities increase, many companies are developing creative solutions to address problems in healthcare. Products like the Oculus Rift and Microsoft's HoloLens have set a high standard, and the industry just got a further push by Apple's recently launched AR kit. Here to tell us about it is Dr. Raphael Grossman. He's a surgeon specializing in general, trauma, advanced laparoscopic, and robotic procedures. Raphael has been working to advance the use of AR, VR, and mixed reality technology and advises companies in this space. In addition to his full-time role as a practicing surgeon, Raphael is an alumnus of Singularity University and a faculty member of Exponential Medicine. He tells us about some of the great work being done to develop solutions using tools like ARKit and the HoloLens platform. You can get all the show notes from this episode and watch some of the talks that Rafael did at TEDx and Exponential Medicine. Just go to digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 49. And while you're there, please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and join our community. You can also follow us on Twitter at dhealthtoday and follow me at healthtechdan. Dan. I'd love to hear from you, especially if you are an AR or VR company working to develop solutions in healthcare. Please do get in touch. Okay, now let's tune into the conversation with Dr. Rafael Grossman. Rafael, thanks for joining me. Welcome to the program.
1: Great to be here. Thank you very much.
0: Rafael, I've told the listeners a little bit about you. Can you fill in some of the blanks and maybe explain how it is that you came to be in the lovely area of Maine, USA, from your home country of Venezuela?
1: Well, I'm from Venezuela originally. That's correct. I went to med school in Venezuela, and after med school, a couple years of rural practice, which is the way we pay our social debt after having gone to med school for free, and then uh, after that, I uh, was in Chicago for a year. Then I uh, ended up in Ann Arbor, Michigan doing my residency in surgery. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, to train in the US, which I thought was was the place where, 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 where probably the, the best training uh, of surgery that I could get was located. And uh, after seven and a half years in Michigan, I went back to Venezuela. Unfortunately, the, the situation in Venezuela was, uh, was one that was uh, starting to decline and the, the, the future was not so clear. So I ended up uh, looking back to the US.
0: And now you're up in Bangor, Maine, which is a part of the world I have to admit I've never been to. What is it that you do and what is your practice focus on?
1: Um, I'm a general surgeon, but we do trauma, surgery, acute care, uh, critical care surgery. And uh, also uh, do advanced laparoscopic surgery and robotic surgery. So uh, it's really a, a wide range of specialties within the specialty, which is a lot of fun and allows me to to really uh, uh, develop myself as a, a surgeon and also as a technologist. You know, a lot of the tools we use uh, obviously require quite a bit of uh, of technology. Uh, laparoscopic surgery, robotic surgery have uh, been really very always been very fond of uh, of using technology to improve what we do uh, uh, to care for patients.
0: Rafael you told me once before about a particular conference you attended that really changed the trajectory of your career and your perspective on how technology can be applied in medicine. And it's known today as the Exponential Medicine conference that Daniel Kraft runs out in November uh, in San Diego each year. It was known at the time as the Future of Medicine Conference. It's all run by Singularity University. Can you share with the listeners about how that actually changed your perspective and, and the impact it made?
1: That uh, conference really indeed changed my 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 professional life, my my trajectory as a as a surgeon and as an as an innovator. Uh, it was at that conference that I, uh, among many things, uh, I uh, uh, heard and saw uh, Babak Parvis, uh, one of the inventors of Google Glass. Uh, talk about the technology, about the device, and also demo the device. And when I saw uh, him demonstrating what Google Glass could do live in front of us, uh, I immediately had one of those uh, aha moments. You know, I saw this uh, head-mounted frame, uh, smart glass that... You could talk to and you could uh, engage with in order to browse the Internet and uh, take pictures and do video and uh, live stream a conference, uh, a a call or or, or any situation from the perspective of the user's eye. And I immediately thought this is going to really change the way we we communicate and we connect uh, the way we, we do medicine and we teach medicine. Uh, and indeed, uh, that, that's what it happened. I, I tackled him in a way for for several minutes, uh, uh, very excited about the product. And uh, uh, a few uh, weeks later, uh, I uh, had gone through the uh, uh, Google Glass Explorers program. I got my device, and a few weeks later, I decided to to use it in surgery to to uh, stream uh, my perspective of the surgery to a group of students that, uh, uh, in a normal situation, would be uh, uh right behind me trying to see behind my back what I was doing in the operating room life. Uh, instead, they were sitting in the next room, uh, uh, maybe sipping coffee and sitting comfortably and uh, learning uh, from my perspective, connected to me, answering questions, uh, asking questions and uh, having the best seat in the house to view the surgery.
0: That was a world first, right? I mean, you were the first one never in the world to use Google Glass in surgery, right?
1: Indeed, that was the, the first time it had been uh, used to live stream a, a, a real surgery. Uh, you know, I, I um, get consent from my patient and the family and the, and the group and uh, basically uh, it, it did this without thinking much about it, to tell you the truth. And then I have a, a website or a blog that I do uh, and I, I posted something very sort of humbly and then a good friend of mine, uh, John Nosta of, of Nosta Labs, uh, who's also a contributor for Forbes asked me if he could write a little piece on this uh, great news, he thought, and then he did, and within a few hours, it looks like uh, like he got a viral uh, spread of this uh, uh, famous post about the first time Google Glass had been used in surgery.
0: So you were an early adopter, if you will, of the Future of Medicine Conference, which is now known as the Exponential Medicine Conference. You're actually now a faculty member at Exponential Medicine. I know you've spoken there several times. And just for all the listeners, if you haven't seen Rafael speak, I will include videos of some of his talks at both TEDx and at Exponential Medicine on the show notes of this page. So digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 49 and you'll be able to see the the videos of some of his talks there. You were the first to use Google Glass in surgery. Other people may have had the idea, you were the first to implement it. And now you're working on another application of technology and it has to do with Apple's recent launch of the AR kit and AR core. Can you tell me what you see as some of the potential for these new tools in relation to medicine?
1: Yeah, you know when when I uh, learned about AR kit and AR core, uh, I immediately thought, "Wow, it's, it's, it's really exponential. It's becoming uh, so easy to uh, have this experience that you, for example, have with the HoloLens, which is a $3,500 d- device. You could have that experience or a very similar type of experience and in some ways even a better experience with a regular smartphone. And uh, smartphones, uh, cell phones, but but especially nowadays, smartphones are ubiquitous. And when you can have that uh, augmented reality, a somewhat holographic 3D live uh, uh, experience on your handheld device, that is going to be revolutionary.
0: And I know there's a company you've been working with that's developing a solution using ARKit. It's called, I would say, the name of the company is A-N-I-M-A-Res. A-N-I-M-A. Res, A-N-I-M-A. R-E-S, Anima Res. It's a German company. I'm not sure how they would pronounce it, but uh, listeners can go to AnimaRes.com to find out more. Can you tell us a little bit about what they're doing and your involvement with it?
1: I'm actually one of the, the, the medical advisors, uh, completely without any financial interest in my part. And Res have a platform called Insight Heart, and it's one of uh, um, uh, many anatomical platforms, uh, if we could call them that way, uh, that... In your smartphone, it has to be now obviously an, an Apple device because it's ARKit, which is a, a proprietary Apple software. But uh, we render a anatomically correct, a high definition, a almost, a, almost real. It's hard to explain, but almost real heart real in the space. So, this is part of what we call spatial computing, you know? It, it, just to, to deviate a little bit, you know, a spatial computing is, is a, a way of doing computing in the space, in, the, in, a, in, a, in a geolocation in a way. So, this heart that is in 3D that you can see on your smartphone screen, you can walk around that heart and you can zoom in or zoom out. And uh, that itself is, is pretty fascinating.
0: So just to be clear here, so you activate the app, the AnimaRes app, then it actually activates the camera on the on the phone, you're looking at the screen, it's looking out the opposite side of the camera. So it's rendering the room on the screen. And then on top of that, it's then creating an augmented reality image of a heart. Is that how it actually happens? So then you can like walk closer to it and walk further away from it and walk around it by looking at the phone screen while it's sort of levitating uh, on top of the environment that you're in. Is that the way it works?
1: Absolutely. But but not only that, then when I saw what this uh, platform uh, could do, it, it's a HoloLens, initially a HoloLens uh, platform. So I saw it in HoloLens, and uh, I saw what they were doing by chance right after they went live. And so I was maybe one of their first users, and uh, that's how I became close to them in a way because I then immediately used it, immediately enjoyed it, immediately thought, wow, this is going to, in a way, really radically change the way we we show medical content to anyone, could be a provider, could be a trainee, could be a relative of a patient, could be a patient to better understand anatomy and physiology and a procedure or what we are trying to explain to them in a in a graphic way otherwise. And uh, then I thought we, we need to uh, uh, connect. So I connected with this company and then we started working on not just uh, uh, developing this platform even more but uh, interacting with it. I saw the, the, the potential of, uh, of uh, uh, not just looking at the heart from a spatial perspective, but let's interact with the heart. Let's touch the heart, let's move the heart, let's cut the heart, let's open the heart, let's connect the heart to your own physiologic parameters. How about we connect the, the Apple Watch or whatever other tracker you have to that heart so that the heart, which is by the way, beating in front of you, beats at the rate that your heart beats. Uh, how about if that heart has the flow of your blood when it comes in and out of the heart chambers? Uh, how about if we can uh, show different pathologic conditions against the normal conditions so that when you have a, a little old lady who has an irregular heartbeat and you're trying to explain that to her, you can they show it on, on your iPad or your iPhone or her iPhone, her iPad. And then not, not only that, you know, with the iOS 11, you have this haptic uh, feeling, this uh, tactile almost feeling where you can hold the phone and see the heart beating and then that heart is beating and you're feeling the beat in your hand. It's really fascinating.
0: That is amazing. That The way you just described that gives a whole new level of interaction, right? I mean, we've seen HoloLens before, we've talked about HoloLens in the past, and that is an amazing technology. It's wireless, it's head mounted, it's entirely contained, and there's some great things about that platform. But what you're describing with this easily accessible Apple platform is something that takes it beyond just observing the augmented reality, but actually engaging with it and feeling it with the haptic feedback, which takes it to a whole nother level. And I'm wondering what other applications within medicine and within patient education are you guys already thinking about? And can you share a little bit about what that might be?
1: It's really not just one organ or one, uh, one uh, system. Uh, we want to create, and, and they are creating. I say we because I advise them, but it's a, it's a, they are a, an incredible group of, of, of uh, smart people. And we've talked about creating, and we are creating a, a whole a body, a, a inside, not just inside heart, but inside body. And certainly the lungs are, are the first thing that come to mind because uh, they can be very impactful in the way you see what's happening in your lungs how they are a, a, a dynamic organ uh, in, a, in a growth and also in a, in a microscopic way, but how they can be affected by the way you behave. And we talk about health, we talk about a, a improving health, maintaining health, recovering health. I think the lungs, it could be a very easy graphic, graphic interface, you know, to, to really see what's happening to your lungs. Uh, because you have smoked for 30 years or because you uh, uh, have been exposed to chemicals or or, or whatnot. And uh, uh, certainly there are, uh, as you know, many wearable devices and trackers that indeed record or stream your physiologic data. And if you connect those to, let's say, a pair of lungs uh, that are beating in front of you in augmented uh, reality, that could be really fascinating. The next organ uh, is probably the brain, uh, you know, there are trackers out there that can easily record uh, electroencephalographic activity, electrical brain activity uh, with a portable device. And many of those devices are are out uh, there for sale at the consumer level <laughs> in, you know, you, you think about a uh, Muse, you know, the Muse device. Uh, that I, by the way, first saw, uh, the first time I attended a uh, future med and exponential medicine is uh, uh, so connecting your own brain activity to a floating brain in front of you can really teach you quite a bit. Imagine the potential to teach people and to uh, display in a graphic way uh, Alzheimer's or Parkinson or, or contusions, concussions. Uh, uh, you know, the potential is only limited by, by how creative we can be.
0: We'll dive back into our conversation in just a moment, but first I wanted to tell you about an exciting upcoming event that is dedicated to catalyzing the adoption of digital health technology and clinical orthopedics. It's the only one of its kind, and it's a great one. DocSF is the digital orthopedic conference and is supported in part by the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the University of California, San Francisco. DocSF will be held just before the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference in the beautiful city of San Francisco on Sunday, January 7, 2018. This year's focus for the innovation competitions will be artificial intelligence, virtual reality, and augmented reality. The keynote dives into the future of sensors and clothing, and the various talks by world-renowned speakers will cover robotics, automation, and cybersecurity. There are also special sessions on leadership, policy, and design thinking, developed with content partners such as IDEO and BTS. Now, you might be asking, why is this conference exclusively around digital orthopedics? Well, implementing digital technologies in an integrated vertical like orthopedics is more likely to affect change than targeting the entire healthcare sector at once. This conference isn't just talking about change, it's focused on moving the ball forward by targeting the key leaders in healthcare who are positioned to make change happen. This conference attracts top professionals from the medical device industry, investors, entrepreneurs, and payers. In short, it brings together all the people who get stuff done in healthcare, hashtag GSD. Head out to San Francisco for this conference and meet many of the guests that have been on this program, including Dr. Daniel Kraft, Nick Adkins, Professor Shafi Ahmed, Dr. Justin Barad, Jamie Edwards, and of course, the founder and chair of DocSF, Professor Stefano Bini. And as a listener of this program, you can enjoy a 30% discount. Visit docsf.org and use discount code DHT30. Tell them you heard about it here. Again, that's docsf.org and use discount code DHT30. Or simply follow the link from the show notes of this podcast. Now let's jump back to the conversation. All right, I just want to bring people up to speed on what we've been talking about. The product we've been discussing is Insight Heart, and it's actually an iPhone app that's available now. You don't even have to just take our word for it here, what we're talking about. You can actually see this if you have an iPhone and you've got the iPhone iOS 11 loaded onto it. You can actually download this app, view it on your phone, get uh, the haptic feedback as well and see what it is that Raphael has been sharing with us and see actually get your mind working about what actually could be next and what's coming next. The website is insightheart.com. That's insight-heart.com. You can obviously search for it on iTunes as well. Or of course, to make it easier, you can just head over to the show notes at digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 49. If you go there, you'll find a link to the app. You'll find a link to the website for the company who makes it. You also see some of the videos that Raphael has done at TEDx and Exponential Medicine. So do go there and check it out. Now, Rafael, this whole area of VR and AR is accelerating so quickly now. It seems a lot of people were really skeptical about the application of this technology in healthcare, which is, let's face it, it's fairly typical. But now there are a lot of big problems that are being addressed through these tools. Everything from surgical training and education to actual uses in live surgery. For example, we recently saw the headlines by our mutual friend, Professor Shafi Ahmed over at St. Bart's in London. He recently did the first mixed reality surgery. He had people from Mumbai and London teleport into his operating room in St. Bart's in London. And he could actually see them in his HoloLens that he was wearing, and they, at their remote ends, were wearing virtual reality glasses where they could see what he was seeing. So really an amazing application there and really takes this whole tele-mentoring that I was involved with you know, almost 20 years ago to a whole new level. I mean, we were just t- excited to have flat screens or projection screens, and this is actually uh, – Beaming people inside headsets and beaming images into headsets is really just an amazing application. So what other sort of things are you seeing that have caught your interest in this space?
1: Well, uh, mixed reality is, uh, is really uh, now my, my, my focus uh, more than anything else, including uh, so what we just uh, talked about. Uh, but uh, I've been uh, interacting with a company called Medivis, M-E-D-I-V-I-S. Medivis is, uh, is an incredible a group uh, that is uh, creating basically HoloLens content, mixed reality content for healthcare directly. Not just at the level of uh, educational renderings of teaching, but at the level of uh, diagnosing at the level of therapeutics. So almost the, the, the three, three steps of healthcare, you know, educating and, and prevention and then diagnosing and then treating a problem. And Medivis is, uh, it has a surgical focus. It's uh, in fact uh, founded by, by medical people, by surgeons. And I had the, uh, the the chance to connect with them recently. And uh, I've been, uh, exploring what they're doing and uh, having access to some of their very interesting content and uh, and it's uh, also uh, fascinating Uh, when you can use HoloLens uh, a little bit similar to what uh, Shafi uh, and the other two uh, physicians did uh, except that uh, we are are going so in the the whole spectrum of, of, of healthcare you are, let's say, rendering a, uh, an anatomical structure, just like uh, what we talked about AR kit and, and Animaris and Inside Heart. Uh, you're doing that in the HoloLens. And then uh, that same teaching in mixed reality, you can translate to a real patient and to then uh, diagnose, let's say, render the uh, imaging that this particular patient might have obtained in order to diagnose uh, uh, her or, or his problem. And then you can bring up uh, the uh, radiologic studies in a 3D a holographic manner right in front of you, and you can interact with them in a way that we have never done before in, in medicine.
0: Wow, Rafael, I'm actually on their website now, Medivis, medivis.com. And yeah, this looks like a very impressive solution. I'll tell you what, why don't we put an open call out to all the VR and AR developers out there because there's so much stuff happening. If you guys are working on anything in the VR, AR, mixed reality space. Send us a tweet. Tag us at dhealthtoday and let us know about it. I will pass it along to Raphael. You can also copy him on the the tweet at zgjr and anybody else you like, of course. But uh, I'd be very curious to see what other solutions are are coming out there. These are two companies that I've just only discovered during this conversation and uh, would love to hear more because I know there are a lot more, especially with CES coming right around the corner. I know there's a lot of great applications. So send us a tweet, dhealthtoday, and uh, let us know what you're working on. We'll try to share it out to our community as well. Rafael, I know we're coming up to the end of our time together. I have six questions I would like to ask every guest. Do you have a few more minutes for me?
1: Absolutely. Anytime you need. Dan.
0: Great. Raphael. can you tell me a saying, quote, or phrase that motivates you? The
1: smart use of technology to
0: improve healthcare and
1: medical education. It's all about that.
0: What advice do you have for others working to innovate in healthcare?
1: Be curious and
0: uh, be disruptive. That's, uh, that's
1: better advice uh, that I have. I, I Once uh, a, 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 someone told me, my brother told me that he met uh, Nicolás Negroponte, the founder of uh, the MIT Media Lab, and he was in Venezuela for a couple of days. And Nicolás Negroponte, after a couple of days in Venezuela, said uh, that... Uh, 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 venezuelans have a healthy disrespect for authority <laughs> and i really believe that i i i, I paraphrase uh, dr eric topol when he talks about the uh, creative destruction of medicine you need to be uh, uh, disruptive in a disruptive in a creative way in order to innovate
0: what book do you recommend to our listeners
1: well you know i'm A practicing physician, and uh, I am a a fan of reading Dr. Atul Gawande, and Atul Gawande has written many, many uh, pieces. His first book is called Complications, and it's more about medicine uh, than it is about technology. It's really all about medicine for the common person and for the advanced medical person. I think that if you are human, you need to read that book because uh, no matter if you are a physician, a provider, or a patient, a complications is the book to read. But also, I quoting again, Doctor Topol's uh, book, uh, The Creative Destruction of Medicine, and then The Patient Will See You Now. Those are two books that really, uh, in a way, uh, inspired me. Inspired me to to, uh, to 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 try to be what I'm trying to be.
0: What's a piece of tech that you use that you wouldn't want to live without?
1: Well, I think the smartphone is probably the the most useful tool that we use, uh, uh, that I use these days.
0: Sorry, Raphael, The jury says I cannot accept that answer. I need you to be more specific. And on the smartphone, what are some of the apps, what are some of the tools that you use on it that make it so valuable?
1: For healthcare-related matters, for innovation-related matters, uh, I think that social media is a must. Uh, I'm pretty active in LinkedIn and uh, in Twitter, you know, I, I have a few thousand followers, I guess, in, in Twitter, and uh, and that's a good uh, good way to communicate. And uh, in regards to what I do as a futurist, I think that uh, those two communicating tools are probably the most important ones.
0: If I gave you a check for five million dollars today for you to invest in health technology, how would you invest it?
1: Wow, I, I, I'll thank you Dan, and then I'll uh, I'll uh, think about a probably. Deep learning systems and blockchain that's the future of healthcare artificial or let's say augmented intelligence you know AI and blockchain I think is uh, probably the right formula in order to uh, to really bring healthcare out of the the mess that we're in so I'll probably invest uh, in most of it most of it in in, in those two uh, in those two factors uh, combining them to make a better healthcare and better educational uh, tools for people. And I'll probably donate a whole bunch of that money to, to a good charity.
0: Well, let's talk about donations. The last question I have for you is that we make a contribution to a charity in appreciation of your time on this show. What charity have you selected, and can you tell me a little bit about what they do?
1: I'm really a, a believer of global access and access to healthcare. I think that one of the, the most organized systems out there to do that, it's Med Sans Sans Frontieres, Doctors Without Borders. And uh, it's probably a very well-known one, but uh, really not that well-known. Uh, people don't really know what these providers really do and what they, they do in the most infernal parts of the world where there is need for caring people, for caring people and for caring providers. And I think that, uh, that that's probably uh, money that if you invest it, if you, if you donate to, to them is certainly not going to go to, to waste and you don't have to worry that that money is going to be used for, for a good um, for a good cause.
0: Excellent. That's a great organization. Thank you for nominating them. That's Médecins Sans Frontières. I'm not sure how my pronunciation is doing, but the website is msf.org. We'll make a donation to them in your name and encourage any other listeners who are led to do so to make donations as well. Rafael, what's a good way for people to follow you and keep track of your work?
1: Well, the, the best thing, you know, I, I do have a, a, a blog that it's a, almost a, a website really now that I try to keep uh, active in an educational site is rafaelgrossman.com. Raphael as my name and Grossman as my name is one word RaphaelGrossman.com two s's and two N's. Uh, you can uh, learn about what I have done and I do and I'm planning to do. I have a an a, a interactive map, a Google map of events where I have uh, spoken and uh, where I will be speaking, and also a lot of educational tools for for students. Or, for the public in general. And and uh, also, I'm very active, like I said, in, in LinkedIn and in Twitter, you know, my Twitter handle is ZGJR, Z as in Zorro, G-J-R. And uh, I'm uh, always there uh, somewhat sharing what I think it's uh, worth uh, spreading uh, using the, the TED uh, motto, but also especially learning, learning from people all over the world about uh, how to innovate and use technology to, to make uh, healthcare and medical education better.
0: Excellent. Well, we will include links to both your website and your Twitter handle on the show notes for this episode. So thanks very much for sharing that. And before I let you go, is there anything else you want to say to our listeners?
1: Dan, no, I want to I want to thank you and thank you for the opportunity to, to to be in your amazing podcast.
0: There you have it. That's Dr. Rafael Grossman, healthcare futurist, technology innovator, surgeon, and educator. Be sure to visit digitalhealthtoday.com forward slash 49 and connect with Rafael on LinkedIn and Twitter You can see all the links to all the resources and companies we discussed on the show notes. You'll definitely want to check out his talks at Exponential Medicine and TEDx that we have on the show notes as well. While you're on the website, please take a minute to subscribe to the podcast. It only takes a few seconds. And if you leave a review on iTunes, I'd really appreciate it. It really helps to let others know what you're getting out of the podcast and helps to grow the digital health community. Many thanks to our partner, DocSF. It's a great conference organized by Professor Stefano Bini at UCSF. And it's coming up on January 7th. It's not too late to register. Visit docsf.org and you can get 30% off with the discount code DHT30. There's a great lineup of speakers, including Nick Adkins, Shafi Ahmed, who we just spoke about on this program, Jamie Edwards, Daniel Kraft, Matthew Holt. And those are just some of the speakers who have appeared on this program. I plan to be there as well. So reserve your seat and I look forward to seeing you there. Follow me on Twitter at HealthTechDan and follow the show at DHealthToday. As always, thanks for listening. And until next time, keep on innovating.